Hi everyone, welcome to GradCast, the official radio show and podcast for the Society of Graduate Students here at Western. I'm Yusuf, and I'm joined here with my co-host. Francesco Colosimo. Awesome, and we are here uh, with uh, uh, a couple of our SOGS commissioners, uh, Francesca Alexander, who is currently doing her master's in music, and also Denise Kamyuka, who's doing her PhD in sports and management. So welcome everybody. Well, thank you. Hello. Hi. Thanks. Hi. Awesome. So I think to begin, tell us a bit about yourself, Francesca and Denise, um, a bit about your background and how you came to be interested in being a SOGS commissioner. So Francesca, if you want to go first. Sure. Um, yeah, so I, I, uh, I did my undergrad at Western and then I decided to do my master's here. Um, and I really wanted to get uh, involved with like the greater uh, Western community because I, being a music student, I felt like um, I was very much in like the music bubble. Like I only talked to musicians, I only hung out with uh -huh. musicians. So, and I always had an interest in um, advocacy work, um, especially when it comes to advocating for women or non-binary non people. Um, and that's really just due to, uh, you know, having strong female figures in my life. Um, my grandmother comes to example, she was a very, um, like a very strong advocate for females um, and which was unusual for uh, I guess like the time she, she was born in and like the country she was born in like she's from Malaysia she um, was pulled out of school when she was very early so a lot of her a lot of her life she pushed like my mom and then subsequently wow. like grandchildren to get educated and that was kind of like what started my interest in like advocating for women so I remember I saw like the, the election call out for the gender concerns commissioner. And I was like, I, I think this is a really good opportunity. I'd get to meet people that are like-minded that are outside of the faculty. And I would actually like, get to do something <laughs> with my interest. So that's why awesome. we'll talk more about uh, your specific role in a while. Denise, meanwhile, would you like to share how you came to be interested? Yeah, um, so I am, like you mentioned, I'm doing my second year of my PhD right now. Um, I am originally from Botswana, so I only moved to North America 2016. Um, started in the States and then came here to do my PhD. And uh, I came here, honestly, with the intention of studying, and we're going to, I guess we're going to talk about this a little later, but um, with the intention of just studying females in sports and social entrepreneurship in that space. And my supervisor would, like, I'd come, I'd read papers and come with all these ideas and my supervisor would be like, yeah, but, oh man, I need you to bring something that's, um, I guess, uh, that's like rooted more in, in knowledge from where you're from and not rooted more in, um, alternative thought and not just Western thought. And I was, it just kept flying over my head until I was, it was time to do my comp, um, my comprehensive exams. And she was just like, yeah, I think you should do post-colonial studies. I did not, that was not my intention. I've never thought of doing post-colonial studies, but honestly opening, opening up that world and starting to see that and really like lifting that veil of just how, how the system has been built up 
to deceive and keep us in a certain place really really got me I guess anger angry would be the word like raged um, and it was just around this time as I was studying for my comprehensive exams that the call for um, commissioners came out and I saw the, the call for racial equity and inclusivity commissioner and I was like I have to do this like I, I have to and so that's how I um, I got involved and it's been an amazing learning process but also a very empowering process as well yeah for sure and I, I think what struck me from from both of your sentiments is that I think it's really great that you have almost an emotional connection to not only your research but you know the reasonings why you chose to be commissioners at SOGS and and you know especially for the research I think that'll lead to to really great outcomes because you can draw you know on on emotion and you know personal experience to you know to drive that research forward so I think that's really great and um, so obviously you just told us about, you know, why you wanted to be commissioners. And I was wondering if the both of you can tell us, you know, more about your roles and, and maybe what you do on a, on a day to day and some of the, some of the details about your, your roles. And we'll start with Francesca and then, and then go into Denise. Yeah. I mean, essentially I've, I've taken, especially with this year and the limitations of like being in a pandemic, like I've taken this, um, role and I've kind of made it more of like creating like events either educational or social or combination of both that are a educational you know that really fit into my portfolio and then that also kind of just like um are events that also allow people to start a discussion I think that's really important I like um hearing what other people have to say I like hearing arguments I, I do I, I truly I think it expands your mindset right and what you think about um, so that's really essentially what I do other than like answering emails. It's a lot of, um, <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of just like planning and executing events and making sure they're still like within, like there's, there's, there's still an actual aim and goal with them. Yeah. Awesome. How about you, Denise? Yeah. Um, I, I have to definitely resonate with that. Uh, I feel like part of my, my role is learning how to find emails in Gmail. <laughs> 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 I just, the way Gmail structures emails, so infuriating. Um, but yeah, so there's a lot of that I, I, I do, I think, and it's very, it's, it's very different day to day, but, and it's also very motivated or driven by um, the pulse. It's, it's driven by what, what my constituents um, want and what they, what they're trying to do. Um, and so, yeah, there is a lot of, you know, responding to emails, um, getting in on meetings where I'm invited because um, certain councils want to start thinking about anti-racist practices um, or um, people have, yeah, just want, want to start thinking about how to, yeah, to better di just diversify and, um, and make their spaces more inclusive. And so I, I've been called in and on a few invited really uh, it's been absolute privilege actually to firstly see what's going on around around the campus um and what different initiatives are going on but also just to to be able to to speak in and weigh in um i am part of the anti-racist committee and i've I, with that i think um i with this role i i'm i'm able to bring 
quite a few things to that table where as a team because i think i think with with anti-racism work there's just so much that needs to happen that um it's a little a lot it's it's a lot for one person to to to, to chew and to have a team that is dedicated to that and have a committee that's dedicated to that is is really 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 beneficial um and so being able to take these um the initiatives that other people are doing, concerns that other people have in their different departments and bring them to that committee, uh, I think has, has been very helpful. So I guess that's part of my, my role and a lot of meetings, I have a lot of meetings. Um, but also just to go back to my heart, and I guess this is something that um, I'm actually even saying this out loud again for accountability for anybody who listens here. Um, but part of my heart, even, even at the beginning, was always just to try amplify amplify um, voices of marginalized students. Um, and there's, you know, there's been a lot in the first few months that I've been here that I've had a lot of events going on, and that's something that I do a lot is put on events for constituents. Um, but I would like to get back to thinking about how that can effectively be be done. Um, yeah, so amplifying racialized voices. Right, so there is quite a bit of collaborative work between commissioners as well. And I know that Francesca and, and, and you, both of you have formed a, a SOGS book club. Um, tell us more about that and how that's going. Um, either of you, maybe Francesca wanna say something? Yeah, I'm, I'm really happy that that's a collaborative effort. One, because I, I mean, I, I like working with Denise. That's completely, I, I love doing that. And um, two, it's just, um, I think the actual, like, I think this semester we've made a really um, conscious effort of picking books that um, are written by racialized females that are written um, just by like, just trying to like connect both of our like portfolios and then also kind of like expanding it out of like, you know, like when most, I don't know, when I read, most things about race race beforehand it's all it's always kind of like focusing on like like men and i mean like that that's 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 life but it's been it's been really nice to um to really um find books i think that both also touch us personally the book um we just did in february in february nervous conditions really um we had a really great conversation about that and i think it was Really, I think we both, I, you had a personal connection to that, Denise, I believe. And then I, I mean, from reading it, I was like, this is, I also relate to it. So it was really nice to like have a conversation where like, it was all women too, which was really interesting. So it was really nice to have that conversation where we could all like just kind of talk and relate to each other. Even though we come from different backgrounds, we all felt the same core like feelings and ideas from that book. I don't know if you have anything to speak on that, yeah. Denise. But. Yeah. Um... Yeah, I, I'd like to think that we approach this book club as um, with an intersectional lens where we understand that we all come in with different, at different levels, with different pressures, with different backgrounds. Um, and it's, it's a place for solidarity. Um, we did have a few males register for the book club, um, but they didn't show up. I, I, I wouldn't like open up that invitation still because um, like Francesca said, like this is, there's just so much 
in this patriarchal world that we we need to deconstruct. But I think I also believe wholeheartedly that um, decolonization cannot happen without um, really criticizing or scrutinizing um, just patriarchal uh, oppression and systems. And to have brothers come in and be in solidarity in that war and that fight, yeah, it's, it's, it's a, it, it makes a big difference. It's a conversation that we should be having across sexes. I suspect I may have registered for it, but it was that AGM day that made it very difficult, but I hope to be there uh, in in your next meeting. Wow, could you tell us just briefly what nervous conditions was a bit... um, (laughs) Yeah, okay. (laughs) Where do we start? Um, Nervous Conditions is a book that was set in pre-independence Zimbabwe. And it tells a story of a family um, or a girl in a family that lives in a rural area um, that then moves to an urban area where she goes to a missionary school. And so it really touches on um, colonization of the mind, to be very honest. Uh, On face value, and this is something that came out of the conversation, on face value, it feels like a feminist lens but we had the privilege of having um, uh, a PhD student, um, Chinelo, her name is Chinelo. She is studying, she's been studying this for the past two years. So she came in and she also like uh, weighed in in the conversation and she really opened up our eyes to the fact that, um, no, this is not a feminist um, position. This, these issues, this nervous condition um, is actually experienced by every character in this book, male or female. All of them are fighting between um, holding on to their traditional norms and um, still still living up to or um, fitting into that that aspirational um, white supremacist ideal of what a human being. So what makes what gives us global citizenship? What gives us citizenship? Right and yeah, and so you see that in all the different dynamics, all the different um, relationships. And so that's basically basically what the book was about. Uh, and I think anybody who'd read it would take out their own, would find a place or a character that they can identify with and find areas where they too struggle or start realizing that, wow, I've really internalized this thing and I haven't seen how I'm, I'm, I'm moving in this space uh, in a racialized way, in a way where I'm being oppressed and I'm almost consenting to that oppression. That, that idea of, you know, colonization of the mind as a whole, I thought that that was a super interesting kind of takeaway from, from that book. Cause obviously it was from the perspective maybe of one person, but to then branch that out to, you know, maybe a feeling that a lot of people are feeling in today's day and age. I think that's, you know, that's, that's a really good lesson to take from that. Um, and, and I guess not to put you both on the spot, but what is one book you would say from the book club that you would recommend to, to our listeners here today? And, and there's got to be no reasoning or justification, but, you know, just off the top of your head, like, yeah, what was your seconds. favorite? <laughs> 
Francesca's been at this a little longer than I have. <laughs> yeah. I, so well, I'm also thinking about like the list of books that we wanted to do like for the, the like throughout the semester. So I'm, I'm going to pull from that too. Um, ones that we haven't officially read yet. But okay. um, one of the books that just immediately strikes me um, was Amer- Americana. I knew you were going to take that book. Because it's good. It's a good book. <laughs> I was going to say that. <laughs> yeah, because I don't know. It's a really good book. I really, I, I'm, I enjoy her writing. I mean, I think she's an amazing writer. And like also just watching her TED Talks, I'm like, wow, she's so cool. I want to be her. But um, <laughs> just um, reading about that, because um, that I haven't, I might be wrong because I haven't read that book in a while, but I remember just being so um, connected to the idea of like, because like, being an immigrant myself, like coming, coming to North America, then all of a sudden like having to negotiate you know, like how you look, especially like if you come from a country. So for for example, I think the protagonist in that book came from Nigeria. And so she was, you know, surrounded by black people all the time. And then she goes to America and all of a sudden being a black woman is completely different. Right. And I, I mean, Denise, you can obviously speak to that more than I can, but um, I, I, I totally get that just from like, even just being an immigrant, like, um, like I, when I moved to Canada, I was like one of two non-white people in my elementary school. So like, it was very, different for me coming from Singapore. Singapore is so diverse. And then like arriving in my like little white town in Canada, mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, this is different. I'm at the age of like four or five, I realized I'm like, this is different. I am not, um, I might not be safe maybe that's, you know, and it's a scary thought. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I think, I think that the fact that we are both voting for Americana means like everybody needs to read Americana. And when we do, please join the book club, please. <laughs> it's an amazing book. It's, you will, you won't want to, I've read it, I've read it twice. Like you just, you won't want to put it down. It's such a good book. So yeah, Americana, hands down, hands down. So I guess I was just wondering, um, in your experience, what have you enjoyed the most in your roles? And that really gives you the energy to to continue on and march on and make more progress. Um, so maybe Denise, would you like to go first, and then Francesca? Yeah, um, I've met amazing people. <laughs> I've literally I've been here almost two years and um, felt very siloed, very isolated. Um, and I mean, the truth is, you know, you, you walk out your door and you can like count the number of like black people right? <laughs> or little, like, just racialized people like that you come across. And it's felt very alienated and very, um, very lonely. And so now being in these spaces where not only, um, do we all have this the same like interest and heart um but we also just get to like hang out sometimes like our meetings start off with just banter and and so that has been i i think i've I've met some amazing people and that's been my favorite part i um but again i i'm expecting even better things so as i start working more in this role um I think I'll be. I'll have more things to say towards actually advocating for my constituents and how that has been such a um, a source of satisfaction, really. Yeah, it's wonderful that you've met so many 
terrific people that you can work with, that you can collaborate mm -hmm. and learn from as well. And having that strongest sense of community and friends, I think that just changes our experiences so much more. Uh, and Francesca, what about you? Yeah, I mean, I have to echo Denise's sentiment, like meeting the people I get to work with has really made this, um, this position really worthwhile for me. Um, and I also really appreciate, I think I mentioned this before, but just the discussions we have during events or anything, and just hearing what people, you know, got out of the movie we showed or like the book we read or whatever, or it, it makes me really happy that like, people are like, you know, either they're getting educated and they're formulating opinions. And they also feel like the event is a good place to start sharing and like talking and discussing. I, I really enjoy that. I really, it makes me happy that like, this like little event that I've planned has like planted a seed in their minds and like now they're thinking and they're talking and like we're just having an open discussion and I I, I think that's a, a really great thing from this Fran position. Francesca can you give us an example of a recent event that you really enjoyed? Yeah um I think I would honestly like honestly the the as I again the the book club meeting was great with just the mm -hmm. discussion um, I, I remember when I hosted um, the film screening of period end of sentence, I had a nice discussion with the, with the girls who um, showed up and we, we just, you know, talked about like, we just like casually bantering throughout the movie. And she's like, Oh, like, I didn't realize that was a thing or like, Oh, like, that's really interesting. Like, I'm going to look that up and I'm going to like go, go off and like do my own research on that. And I'm like, that's so cool. I'm, I'm so happy that you've been inspired to do that. Wow. And, and Denise, I know that there was this really big event um, hosted by the Anti-Racism Committee, Racism with a Smile, uh, how in terms of navigation for a Black person in, in a university. Um, so tell us more about, about that event and what you felt about it. To tell you that my favorite part of that event was when the camera went off. <laughs> I'm hoping I give everybody FOMO by saying that um, because the discussion, the discussion with <laughs> behind doors was priceless. There's so much that there's just such a great space that was created for um, us to be very candid. Um, and I also want to mention that 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 space was not just racialized people. There were a lot of allies and accomplices that were actually in that space as well. And faculty um, as well. And faculty, it, it was, yeah, that was that was an amazing event. Um, I think, yeah, I think, I think we all right now are, are, are a little hypersensitive or hyper aware of racism around us on campus. And so giving that avenue for people to not only hear and resonate or find something they can recognize in what was being said with, um, or shared by the panel, but also um, working together to like really start asking ourselves questions of, okay, so we're at this point, what else can we do to, uh, to continue to shake this tree and let's not, not let things get like, not let things get complacent or, or die down or, you know, so continue to find feel to fire. So yeah, um, yeah. yeah, I'm done. <laughs> no problem. So no, I, I really resonated with the fact that, you know, you're hosting events, you know, not to 
well, partly to raise awareness for certain issues, but to also keep the momentum going. And I think, you know, that's one of the the key things and not, you know, if, if you believe in something and you, you, but you all, you want to raise awareness, but you also want to keep the momentum going. And, and it seems that both of you are actually doing that through your research as well. So in your personal life, but also in your academic life as well, which, which I said earlier, I think is, is really, really cool and interesting. And, and I was, you know, in, in the final minutes of, of our talk, what, like looking to hear a little bit more about what, like the details of both of your research. And, and I'll start with Francesca there and then we'll go into Denise. So as a music performance student, I technically don't really have like an actual like thesis or something that I have to write or research into. My, my, like my milestones for my degree are like the recitals that I present. So with, with that in mind, um, I have been, I've um, recently, I started my own project where I've been like interviewing um, BIPOC um, women and non-binary classical musicians. And we just kind of talk about like their stories, why they went into classical music and um, you know, what, what they think they, we can do to make the classical in music industry more equitable because when you think about classical music, you think about white dudes, right? So like, I'm, yeah, so I, I, <laughs> So that it's something that's always I've always thought about because like I I love what I do. I love I'm an opera singer. I love singing opera. And the thing but the thing for me is that like obviously I don't see people like me represented in this art form that I love so much. So I wanted to see and I wanted to just open up that discussion and find ways that we can start, you know, like showcasing music by women, music by BIPOC composers, um, music that's just not like, you know, the whole like Mozart, Beethoven, blah, 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 blah. So like, even with my own recitals, I am always trying to incorporate, you know, composers that aren't usually heard. So this year I'm doing a set by a man called Alberto Hemsey. He was a Sephardic Jew um, and his music is beautiful. And it was also heavily censored during the World War II because he was Jewish. So not a lot of people do it. So it's, it's, it's just stuff like that, just getting it out there and like presenting it. Um, and I just really hope that throughout that work and through my, my own little research, I hope to, you know, even in, encourage more people to like look into those different avenues. Like classical music, yes, it started in this tradition of Western European culture, but it's evolving, you know, and it's, it's still evolving. And I, and as much as like, yes, like tradition in, in, especially with classical music, I understand that it matters. I also think that the art form is and should be evolving because we as a society are evolving. Yeah. Wow. Absolutely. Yeah, we are almost at the end of our <laughs> terrific discussion, but I had just one, well, a couple of more questions, but I'll be quick. The first one was, um, we have five commissioners, so uh, both of you are here, and we have another episode with Genevieve uh, and uh, Elizabeth and Shannon, who are our Pride uh, Commissioner, uh, Accessibility um, and Indigenous Commissioner. Um, and I was just w w wondering, how does it feel to work together, and what is that experience like for, for both of you? I'll let Denise turn. <laughs> so to work together with all the other different commissioners? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I honestly believe that it's almost the uh, true definition of um, inclusion. Uh, I, I, I learned so much. We just had a accessibility training yesterday that was like amazing. 
<laughs> um, and, you know, um, doing events with Stan and Thomas, um, you know, has really also opened my eyes to just the whole um, LGBTQ um, career space. And yeah, it's been, yeah, it's been amazing. It really has been very eye-opening and challenging as well. Mm-hmm. Um, not to just stay in your little silo or just, mm-hmm. you know, um, learning how to be an accomplice for other, other marginalized groups, not just racialized groups. So it's been, it's been a great learning experience for me. Awesome. And as a final question, uh, if you are, are comfortable sharing your contact information, how can viewers, all of us uh, graduate students, reach out to you if they have questions or do you have any website to share, for example? Well, I mean, everybody can always email me at my, my SOGS email, gender.concerns uh, at SOGS.ca. Um, if you want, you can reach out on my Instagram too. You know, I'm always there. I'm always on. It's Francesca Alex, I, I think. Um, and yeah, if you're interested also in like my little, my little research project, it's just mm. a little, it's a little, it's a little, it's tiny now, but we're going, um, it's under the, uh, the coloraturacollective.org. Yeah. Um, yeah. If anybody wants to reach out to me, um, my email address is racial.equity at SOGS. Let's see. Is that it? That's SOGS. SOGS dot CA. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> com? Oh my goodness. One of those. Oh no. Oh no. <laughs> It'll be there in the description. And, uh, okay, so again, <clears throat> racial.equity at sogs.ca. Um, and then also our Facebook um, page, we have an advocacy um, Facebook page. So I encourage everybody to just also follow that page because we will be putting up events up there and also just other resources for advocacy on that page. Thank you so much, Denise and Francesca. It was wonderful having you on our show. Thank you. This has been GradCast, the official radio show and podcast of the Society of Graduate Students at Western University. I've been your host, Yusuf, and my co-host was Francesco Colosimo. Colosimo. We've been speaking with Denise and, Alex, uh, and Francesca, and this episode was produced by me. If you would like to be involved with the show or get in contact with us, email us at gradcastradio at gmail.com. You can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter at gradcastradio. To listen to us, we're on the radio at Western Radio 94.9 FM. You can also find all of our episodes on our website at gradcast.ca or on podcast apps like Podbean, iTunes, and Spotify. Alternatively, select podcasts have been uploaded to YouTube at Gradcast Radio. Thank you for listening and have a wonderful night. <laughs>